start. Sooners of Oklahoma 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Barry and Mac Show. As always, myself, Barry, personal trainer, sports performance coach out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And not alongside me today, former Sooner wide receiver, 2000 national champ, Mr. Damian Mackey. We're doing something a little bit fun today. Uh, just a special OU Texas five-week in evaluation on the Sooner product, talking about what the team has been, talking about some players that I thought have made a jump, uh, discussing some guys who I still think need to possibly elevate uh, said performance just slightly. A lot of this I've already posted over on Sooners 360, so we're going to keep this brief, a quick hitter segment for you all to have today. And we're going to talk offensive side of the ball You know, second year in a strength program is usually when you see the biggest gains. And I think that can be seen along the offensive line this year. The offensive line certainly looks the part, but there are some improvements that still need to take place. I think schematically, uh, just some assignments still being blown, things that are impacting the run game. Um, And you notice that with guys like Matauer. Even Guyton has had his share of mistakes. Uh, Walter Rouse been a really solid player for the Sooners. I think in pass pro, he's been good, but he's had a few whiffs here and there. Um, Andrew Rame, interesting, interesting player um, who has had kind of a tough time as a Sooner against really strong elite uh, guys who play that kind of zero or one, um, a little better against more of the three tech speed guys, because I think that's where he has a a speed advantage um, or a strength advantage, mind you. Uh, But he's done a little better this year. The, the player for SMU and uh, Cincinnati's guy, while they did get Rame a time or two, did get the best of them, I still think it was, uh, it's, it's been a solid year. Uh, so offensive line, the developments there, I think you're going to continue to see that as the, the years go on under BV. Uh, moving over to the receiver position. I think Nick Anderson is one of the obvious jumps, but I would be remiss if I wouldn't talk about Farouk. Uh, Farouk has had an interesting progression in speed. Uh, You can see it on the field. It's notable. He's always had the quicks. He's always been a good accelerator, but his technique for running has gotten better since he first arrived Oklahoma. When he first arrived Oklahoma, uh, the, the technique wasn't quite as tight, meaning there, there was a little extra arm movement uh, versus when you go watch a guy like Zion Reagans or Hollywood Brown. Uh, when you go watch them run, it, it just looks different. Farouk has really dialed it in. I think he's gotten more mobile, and that's helped his game. Uh, you can see it in some of the knee flexion, uh, hip flexion, his ability to cycle through, be more efficient uh, with his turnover. It just looks better. Uh, Jaden Gibson's another one. You know, that play that he had against, um, against Iowa State this past week looked really good and I think showcased his, his strength. That There were times a season ago where he, I, I don't think he played because I think he got knocked off his spot. You know, just uh, on a play-to-play basis, he wasn't strong enough to contend. He had the length. He's got a good bit of explosiveness, but just not the, the strong player 
uh, that you needed, and I think he's improved that. It, it feels pretty obvious. At running back, this is where things get interesting. I, I've done a lot of evaluating on this position uh, this season because it has been OU's glaring, glaring weakness and an area that they've just got to improve if they're going to be a playoff contender down the stretch. I think they can win the Big 12. If Dylan continues to play like he had against Iowa State, this team's going to win the Big 12 or at least be in the hunt at the end of the season and be in the game. As for contending in the playoff, you've got to have a run game. You've got to have an offensive line mixed in that can move the ball. And, and I think some of the running backs for Oklahoma – have a, a, a couple just hiccups to how they move. And, and it first starts with, and I've brought it up on the podcast, uh, with Barnes and Major, there is a, a pretty noticeable habit of, of dropping the head early, dropping the head when they get into the trash, dropping the head when they go into the line of scrimmage, and it immediately takes away the ability to navigate space. Um, they, they also tend to stride out maybe a little too much uh, when they start those initial runs, right? So, so they're not – Kennedy Brooks was really good at being able to cover ground quickly, but he also had great, great spatial awareness. He was one of the best I'd ever seen in terms of being able to see obstacle and navigate obstacle um, without having to take a bunch of extra steps. I will say with Barnes – Watching enough film, it feels pretty glaring that the reason he sat out against Iowa State is he's just not back to 100%. He is a guy who he probably might even need the rest of this season and the offseason before he is truly right because he played better a year ago against FSU and I think the game against TCU even had some other games late in the year. He played better than what we've seen this season and, and I think – there's a possibility that he's just not fully healed. Anytime you have a foot, ankle, knee issue, and there's not a ton of time between you and the procedure, for you to not just get stronger and get the, the muscular endurance back, get the strength back, the, the mobility back, there's also a confidence piece of you just being extra hesitant to put weight on that, um, on that limb. So, so hopefully that is something he can get worked out. With Dylan Gabriel, um, I, I honestly, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow right here. I, I think this is probably the time to do it. He's had a fantastic season, guys. He is, games one through four were really good. It was against okay competition. I was kind of bought in. But not fully, right? Because his M.O. is he, he's played well against competition that maybe wasn't up to the level of Oklahoma uh, that was maybe down a click and then struggled when they played the better teams. When they played Iowa State, granted Iowa State doesn't have the same Jimmys and Joes they've had before, he looked like a different player, like a completely different player. If you can watch that game and say that Dylan – was the same player there that we've seen every game preceding that, then I don't know what you're looking at. The attitude was different. The way he carried himself was much different. Throwing balls up that he normally doesn't throw. Not being indecisive when it comes to running. So just from a performance standpoint, 
right, on the football field where every single half second, tenth of a second matters. That's why a 4-3 is so different than a 4-4, so different than a 4-5, is because that tenth of a second really, really matters. And if you're taking that extra click to wait before you run or wait before you throw, you are risking a defender jumping in the area. You're risking a defender, a defender closing in on you. So to see him do things with much more confidence, uh, with much more, a little bit more spunk, a little more moxie, I think that's incredibly valuable for this Sooner team. And if he continues to play like that, he will 100% be in New York City um, if OU is a one-loss or no-loss team going into December. Uh, I'll just, I, I think it's really as simple as that. You need elite quarterback play to win championships, and if he plays like that, it's going to look like elite quarterback play. Of course, we're going to see this weekend when OU goes and plays Texas. Moving to the other side of the ball, talking a little, uh, little defense here. Defensive line just ends and the inside guys, the interior guys, there's been improvement. It's, it's been good. It still needs to continue to get better. I will say one thing I noticed, uh, Luwalu, his weight and his strength is for real. He is a player that still has some good explosiveness. I think he needs to get more confident at that position, though. Um, he, he's going from outside to inside. A lot of things change. You're, you're not beating guys wide. You're beating guys in, in a phone booth. You're, you're not able to win by utilizing space. You're more so having to win by utilizing angles. Not that that's not important on the edge. It's just different. When you look at a guy like PJ um, out there on the edge, young player, I, I posted over on 360, still some nuances to the game. He needs to get down, right? If you're wanting to watch this Saturday, uh, watch him and see how many times when he's coming around the edge, does he still hold his shoulder square or is he dipping that shoulder as he goes into his bend? Something to watch because I think he's started to work on that technique a little bit. And the more he can get where he's dipping that shoulder and dropping lower when he's bending, he's going to be a better player. He's going to end up looking like the uh, PJ Adebwari that we are all expecting to see uh, for the, hopefully by the end of this season and then every game thereafter in the SEC. I've liked what Trace Ford has done. I feel like OU has navigated his health really well this year. Not a whole lot to say. Um, Isaiah Coe has been pretty consistent. I do think DeJon Terry coming into his own, probably going to be one of the mainstays down the stretch. He's just big. He's great with his hands. He's really physical. I, I think he's the ideal player that, that OU needs, especially when they go up against some of these more physical teams. You know, when they even play Texas this week, you know, play a BYU, even a Kansas to some extent where you're trying to shut off any inside run game they might have um, and force things outside. Having a Terry at your disposal is great. Linebacker, Stutzman, it is no question. He is a full step faster than he was a season ago. He's moving better um, in, in space, particularly in pass coverage. He's not getting caught, so he's, he's just gotten more efficient with his steps. He's gotten to the point where he's, he's keeping his feet relatively quiet um, when he is assessing what to do. 
He's, he doesn't have these live sort of happy feet where he's jumping in and jumping out of, uh, of, of angles, right? He's being patient, he's waiting, and then trusting his speed and his athleticism. Kanek doing a lot of things that, that Stutzman did when he was a younger player, uh, still getting caught up in the trash a bit too much, uh, needs to maybe just dialed down the, the pace a little bit. And I think that's where Stutzman's really improved is just learning how to play with pace. Huge, huge advantage for the Sooners. Um, if he's playing like that down the stretch in the secondary, I'm really only going to talk about one guy because we've discussed Gentry Williams a ton on the podcast. I think he's an NFL-level player playing nearly NFL level right now. Cannot wait to see the growth continue. We've talked about Woody a lot. Peyton Bowen, the more I watch him, the more I say this guy is going to be an absolute star in the SEC. He is an ideal defensive back. He could go uh, for the NFL. He could go to the NFL and play a number of positions. He's versatile. You could probably put him at corner for a little bit. You could put him at safety. He could cover the slot. He's, he can play center field. He just has such a good understanding of space. He's very, very explosive. He has a knack when it comes to, to seeing ball, getting ball. He has a knack when it comes to uh, understanding uh, the, the space that he needs to give, how to bait quarterbacks into something. And then he's also a great tackler in the open field. Right, me, me and DMac both agree. Between him and Reggie, I, I think because of his speed, he has the advantage. But him and Reggie are fantastic open field tacklers. But I think Peyton might even be a little bit better, even at the younger age. On to the special team situation. I've loved what Gavin Freeman has brought to OU when it comes to returning punts. I think he's a threat. It's going to be even more important when uh, OU is in some tighter games down the road, maybe even this weekend against Texas. But, man, the, the punt game and the kick game feels a little bit like what Saban's gone through over the years. He's always had great offenses and defenses, not great special teams. So to see that improve would be awesome. I think there are some technical things with the punting. You know, there's times where I don't see him fully follow through. There's times when the drop, so the ball drop, is a little too high. He's almost pitching the ball up, which affects your control. You want that. Actually, Michael Turk talked about it a lot. You want that drop to be smooth, efficient, easy, straight line, A to B. You don't want to loop or toss it up. It needs to be a quality drop. And there's some times where I think he gets a little antsy and the drop is off and that affects him. Also, the follow through, uh, sort of his backside or his backswing, um, also things that over time, I hope it gets improved, but it, it's affected the punt game for sure. I actually like Schmidt as a kicker. I just think he needs to get a little more confident, and that's only going to grow with time, with experience. It's almost good to maybe not have a guy hitting everything right off the bat. Good that he's got to work for it a little bit. Uh, but that's all I've got today. Just wanted to drop in, give you guys a little mid-week fun on the podcast. Uh, Damien's going to be dropping his 10 thoughts very, very soon. And uh, also going to try and have the pregame pod up a little earlier for you all this week. But wanted to thank everybody for tuning in. As always, go sign up on uh, Sooners360.com. Check out all the content we're producing over there on the site. 
social media, on the X, at Barry Mac, Mac SHW. Find Damien at D underscore Mac 13. And find me at BYS Fitness, at letter B-W-I-S-E Fitness. Thank you all for tuning in today, and we will see you soon.